The United States Food and Drug Administration, or FDA, is a critical piece of the overall HTM, or clinical engineering, regulatory framework. If we were a medical device manufacturer, researcher, or developer, we're probably more concerned with the FDA than as if we are working in the clinical environment. That's because there's so many other pieces to the regulatory framework that we need to be concerned with. However, it's still important to have a baseline understanding of what the FDA says about medical devices that are in our market. The FDA is a government agency. It publishes laws in the Code of Federal Regulations, or CFR, and our primary concern with the FDA is its regulation of the medical device market. So what is a medical device? Well, the FDA provides some definition as to what it considers a medical device, and it's probably broader than what we would expect it to be or what we would need it to be from an HTM clinical engineering perspective. Primarily, the piece that we need to be concerned with is that it's any device that is intended for the use in the diagnosis of disease or other conditions or in the cure, mitigation, treatment, or prevention of disease. And we're primarily concerned with people, although the FDA also regulates devices related to animals. The FDA classifies medical devices in one of three classes, class one, class two, and yep, you guessed it, class three. In addition to the information found in the Code of Federal Regulations, the FDA will also issue what is referred to as a guidance. This is some sort of position or interpretation or clarification on the information that is found in the CFR. Regardless of what class of medical device you're dealing with, whether it's class one, two, or three, there are specific requirements for all medical devices that the FDA prescribes for manufacturers. One of the primary requirements is having established some sort of a quality system, and from an FDA perspective, they refer to this as Good Manufacturing Practices, or GMP. Once a device is in the market, there are certain requirements for monitoring that device in the market, and at times it is necessary for the manufacturer or the FDA to issue what is referred to as a recall. And this is some sort of action that is required in the field by the manufacturer or the user of that device in order to mitigate some sort of identified risk. These recalls are divided into classifications. There's class one, class two, and class three, not to be confused with class one, class two, and class three medical devices. Of note, class one medical devices are the most basic of medical devices and have the least stringent requirements, whereas class three medical devices are the most critical of devices, including life support systems. But when it comes to recalls, a class one recall is the most urgent, whereas a class three is more advisory. So it's important to keep the distinction between class one, two, and three medical devices and class one, two, and three recalls straight. One of the key roles of the FDA is to outline the path to market for medical devices. This sets up the requirements 
from the research to the development, the manufacturing, and also the post-market surveillance of the devices once they are out in the clinical setting. The requirements for the path to market vary depending on the class of the device. And remember there are class one, class two, and class three devices. Class one devices are the least stringent of the three device classes. They are not intended to be used for supporting or sustaining life. They're not to be used in preventing impairment to human life, and they should not present a potential unreasonable risk of illness or injury. These are the most basic of medical devices. For instance, a popsicle stick that we call a tongue depressor is considered a class one medical device. It's not gonna save someone's life, it's not gonna sustain their life, and it's not gonna create any sort of unreasonable risk if you use it on a patient. The FDA has a number of requirements for class one devices, including the GMP that we mentioned before. There are a number of other requirements as well, and these requirements are referred to as general controls. These general controls apply to class one devices, but they also apply to class two and class three devices. For devices where general controls are not sufficient to assure the safety and effectiveness of a device, those devices are considered class two devices. And they also need to follow the general controls, but on top of that, they have what are referred to as special controls. And these are additional requirements based on the criticality of that equipment. These special controls might include things like more stringent post-market surveillance, special labeling requirement, there might be additional pre-market data requirements, and other requirements that are appropriate for devices in this class. Most class two devices are subject to what's referred to as an FDA 510K, but this process usually does not require a clinical trial. A 510K is essentially a process for demonstrating that your medical device is substantially equivalent to something that's already on the market. For example, the clinical research regarding a bedside monitor is well established. It doesn't need to be replicated every time a new bedside monitor comes to the market. When a 510K application is accepted by the FDA, that device is considered cleared but not necessarily approved by the FDA because the FDA is not reviewing the clinical research around that specific device. They are accepting that the manufacturer has established that that device is already substantially equivalent to something that's on the market. So to review, class one devices fall under general controls and class two devices fall under general controls as well as special controls. A class three device is the most regulated class of devices. Class three devices typically support or sustain human life, and there's inherent risk in the utilization of these devices. Therefore, there is a much more difficult process to bring these devices into the market than there would be for a class one or class two device. One of these requirements is a pre-market approval, or PMA, this is a requirement by the FDA to provide some sort of scientific review to ensure the safety and effectiveness of the device. A PMA usually requires a full clinical trial and that must be submitted and reviewed by the FDA prior to this device being available on the market. Regardless of the device class, the FDA requires some sort of a quality system to be in place 
for that device. The requirements of a quality system aren't necessarily specifically prescribed as a quality system for different types of devices can look very different as well as the requirements for different classes of devices can be very different. The quality system requirement from the FDA is referred to as Good Manufacturing Practices or GMP. Sometimes it is referred to as Current Good Manufacturing Practices or CGMP. Examples of a quality management system or QMS would be something like an ISO 9001 or an ISO 13485, which is a medical device quality management system specifically. But regardless of the standard that's used, the regulation must apply to so many different types of devices that regulation can't be prescriptive in the detail on how the manufacturer must produce that specific device. There is variation between manufacturers, between devices and device classes, based on what is most appropriate for that device. A quality management system primarily consists of documentation and procedures, quality measures, continuous improvement activities, and demonstrated competencies for developing those medical devices and maintaining those medical devices. For example, under the continuous improvement requirement, a manufacturer must monitor the market to view how that device is being used and any inherent risks or issues with that device and then have some sort of improvement activities around that feedback. If the feedback is critical enough, there is a process for medical device reporting referred to as MDR, medical device reporting, and it is one of the post-market surveillance tools that the FDA uses to monitor the safety and effectiveness of medical devices. If the feedback from the medical device reporting reaches a certain threshold, that could trigger the manufacturer or the FDA to issue a recall. And again, those recalls are class one, class two, or class three recalls. An HTM professional or a clinical engineer may not be bringing a medical device to market. But it's important for the HTM professionals and the clinical engineers to understand the requirements that a manufacturer must follow to bring a device to market, as well as understand what a manufacturer can and can't do as far as supporting and developing medical devices.